welcome to this Sunday morning meeting podcast from Kingdom Faith Yorkshire. Today's message is by Paul Abel. Let's uh, move on uh, to the word that, as I was saying earlier in the uh, right at the beginning, that I believe God gave me this morning, because my intention today was actually, I thought, oh, we'll move on to the gifts as we've been going through 1 Corinthians uh, chapter uh, what is it? Chapter twelve, the gifts passage in there, in there, and we have been talking about uh, prophecy, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, speaking in tongues. These gifts that the Holy Spirit uh, is given to us, which are part of enabling that power of God to flow from us into our community and into our neighbourhood. That that is what God has given us those gifts for, and so. Although we're actually praying and operating in gifts of miracles and and healings right now, I thought that was what I was going to talk on. And the Lord instead took me not to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, but Romans chapter 12, which is another passage on the gifts. And as I read through it, he just began to speak to me. I was reading uh, from the truth version this morning. As you know, I use many different versions uh, as you read because it's important to do so. This wasn't Pardon me, this wasn't originally written in English, not even in the King James English. It was written in Greek. And so as you translate from one language to another, you want to try and capture not only what was in that Greek language, but also according to the way people were thinking and and how they lived, because you see different meanings in how people use words in different cultures. For example, it became uh, popular to say, oh, that's sick, or that's well wicked. And those words in that context don't mean, oh, it literally made me sick, or that's really evil. Um, It means that you can, it it means really good, which is a complete reversal of those words if you gave a literal translation. So sometimes it's those kind of challenges that there are. Jossie, welcome to you. He says he's, uh, uh, presumably you and Hannah, I don't know, are tuning in from the car on our journey up to Scotland. Well, have a nice time in Scotland presumably catching up with your family up there. So that's wonderful. Uh, And Lauren says, have a safe trip. All right, Romans chapter 12. In the light of this wonderful mercy God has shown us. Okay, what what light, what wonderful mercy. If you're reading the NIV, the chapter starts with a therefore, in view of God's mercy. It's all the chapters that Paul has just been outlining from chapter 1 to chapter 11, which is all of really what God has given us by his mercy in his grace. Paul has just outlined all of the wonderful truth. And we can't do all of Romans chapter 1 to 11 today, or we'll be here a very long time. So uh, go back and read that another time. Enjoy it. it it's, Romans is a wonderful book. Romans is a book you can never stop reading because you can never fully understand it there is so much depth and understanding and theology and life and energy and passion in the book of romans and at this point right paul says in in, in, therefore in the light of everything jesus has done for us everything that god has given us i strongly encourage you my brothers i strongly encourage you church i strongly encourage you brothers and sisters to give your bodies to God in living sacrifice, do what is holy and pleasing to him. This is the kind of worship he really wants. And that is the outworking of the life of his spirit who lives within 
us. And this is going to really link into church reset and what God is doing with the gifts of the Spirit with us this morning. And this is like I was saying, it's helpful to understand Paul and his culture. It, it brings the scriptures alive in different ways. Just, just in a small way. Remember that Paul is Jewish. He's been a he's a Pharisee. And when he's talking about sacrifice, very much in his mind is the sacrifice at the temple and the worship as the animals are sacrificed. So he's really talking about complete sacrifice. But he's actually saying God is not wanting us to be sacrificing animals, but to be giving of ourselves. And it's really important that we also get that in Jewish thought and actually even in Greek thought, you didn't separate body and spirit they weren't separate body soul and spirit they weren't separate things we are we are one person this was all something that made us up so when paul talks of um offer your bodies as living sacrifice or literally in the greek offer yourself as living sacrifice he isn't just talking about a physical exhausting ourselves or laying down our bodies he's, he's it's about giving everything that we are in order to worship god I know we've just been having an amazing worship time and, and, and gatherings to worship are incredibly important. Um, we gather to to meet with God, to hear from God together, to to just be equipped. You know, it's like it's like the team is assembled in the locker room and God comes and speaks to us. And the pastor, the speaker is like the coach equipping the team. But. That's not what God wants only. Okay, He does want that, and I, that's one of the wonderful things that's come out of this pandemic, out of what has been locked down. Although it's released in some ways now, we're still locked down Sundays in other ways, aren't we? But what's come out is we cannot gather in the summit. You know, it's we've not been able to do it in any meaningful way, and it's because the emphasis God has brought back to us is the whole house to house to house to house. You know, the, the meeting with God in our houses, because we are not here just to meet in a building. We are here to communicate the gospel to a community, to a neighborhood. And that involves laying down our bodies, our lives. It's not just about fitting Jesus in as convenient, but actually living for Jesus. Okay, so Paul begins to outline how this happens. And of course, actually, it could only happen in the power of the Holy Spirit. This this passage could be dreadful if you think it means, oh, I've got to really try harder. It, it, it can be it could become miserable unless you hear the fullness that it's through the power of the Holy Spirit. So it's important we look at it carefully because the gifts of the Spirit, therefore, are really, 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 really closely linked to this. To live like this, we have to be praying in the Spirit. You'll want to be praying in tongues because that's part of what how we draw upon the energy of the Holy Spirit. Now, but first of all, Paul puts it like this. In order to live like this, in order, in other words, to present your body, presenting your body, presenting yourself has got to begin with the mind. In order to live like this, you cannot live uh, according to the standards of the world around you. Or the Greek actually says the standards of the age. You know, if you think of what the age, what this present time is around us, okay, we cannot live according 
to the standards of this present age. That's really blunt, isn't it? You need a completely different mindset that you are certain of God's will for your life and prepared to put his will into action for his will is good. It pleases him because it is perfect. The world conforms, but the word transforms. The world conforms you to think in this way, this way, this way, do it this way. Everybody the same. The word of God celebrates that everybody is different. The NIV says be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The problem is, we are surrounded by the world implanting its way of thinking into us all the time. And it's reinforced when we watch television, when we watch um, morning television or evening television or the news. And of course, it's powerfully reinforced by social media and the Internet. And I tried this out because the thing I think some people don't realize that when you when you're using the Internet, in certain ways, whether it's Google or, or something like Facebook or, or others like that, the more you put in of a certain thing, the more it will feed that back to you. It says, oh, this is what you're interested in, is it? And it will feed more and more back to you. So just on a very simple level, for example, I just thought of two random words and you, you this gives you perhaps an understanding of my mind. Uh, the two random words that came to mind were blue aardvark. So I typed blue aardvark into google immediately google fed back to me well immediately 0.57 of a five seventh of a second 919 thousand results on blue aardvark it says oh you're interested in blue aardvark here you go and it, it, coming up in potentially now in in adverts or other pictures or other searches there will now be things linked to Blue Aardvark, especially if I click on a few of the links and look it up or check out the Blue Aardvark images. These, and if I do it on Facebook as well, Facebook's going to start sending me things to do with Blue Aardvark. And this can create in us a mindset. It, even with our Christianity, it can be the same things. We can find ourselves in a very small bubble uh, of, of understanding. You know, and we need to get our understanding from this, the word of God. You can't see it there. It's too bright. But this then, that'll look better. We've got to get it from the word. This is what's got to transform our mind in combination, you see, with the Holy Spirit. Take another thing. I then, perhaps unwisely, typed into Google, is the earth flat? Okay. Well, this time the reply took 0.34 of a second. And... The number of articles to do with is the is the Earth flat came back one billion sixty million. Okay, one billion and sixty million hits to do with that question. So probably I'm going to get an awful lot about flat Earth and blue aardvark now. Oh, great! But what the whole principle is that our minds are always being framed, you know, um, by what we're watching, what we're listening to, what we're reading, even if it's just fiction frames our mind which is why it's so important to be plugging into god's word and god's spirit so that our mind is being transformed because the world is going to conform you to its way but the word is going to transform you to be free into being what god has created you to be and god's creation is totally diverse it's that god's creation is just incredible isn't it you know think of the word leaf all right that's our word for that 
little green. Well, it's not even always green, but that bit that grows on a plant. And just think of the variety God has put into leaves in creation. A silly little example, okay? But it does demonstrate of the variety of what God is. Shona's saying, quick, type in Jesus and the Bible. Yeah, but if I type in Jesus and the Bible into Google, I'll get something that's good. But most of it, to be honest, often isn't. It, there's so much conspiracy stuff and rubbish stuff there on the Internet. It is not a great place. The only way you can use the Internet for your, for your Bible stuff is to know what are good sites, what are uh, properly researched sites rather than just somebody um, making stuff out uh, for the top of their head and spotting com conspiracies in the way numbers and words link together. You know, you've got to be really careful. The only real thing you can do is read God's word and ask the Holy Spirit to give you revelation. And that's where you begin. So it's then, you see, we can determine what God's will is for my life. Sometimes people will say to me, especially as a pastor, oh, I don't know what God wants me to do. I really don't know God's will for me. Well, it's in the Bible. And when you know the Bible, when you know God's word, then you are going to have a far, far greater understanding of what God wants for you. And Paul says, God has given me apostolic grace. And so I can tell all of you not to think too highly of yourselves. No, have a realistic estimate of yourselves according to the faith God has graciously given you. Why has he tied this in with this other bit? Because the reason he's done that is because it's, it's a sneaky thing, really. But it's very easy to become proud of the fact that you are following God's will. It's very easy to become proud of the fact that you are following God. You know, be happy about it. But it's we see it again and again, sadly, where people get proud of the fact almost that they're Christians. And you can start to feel a little bit superior to those around you. As soon as you're doing that, you are wandering away from the gospel. We are not superior to, 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 to others that don't yet know Jesus. In fact, if anything, we are held more accountable because of what we do have. So Paul says, have a realistic assessment of yourself. And it's the same thing when we are operating in the gifts of the spirit. You know, you, you bring a prophetic word. You have a word of wisdom. You see healings. You see miracles. So easy to subtly feel that you are doing something, that you've accomplished something, that you've made it. And it begins to fall through your fingers because that is pride slipping in. If we see miracles, if we see healings, if we're praying in tongues, if we come with an incredibly accurate word of knowledge so easy for pride to creep in but it's all the glory has all got to go to god it, it always jesus it is always him it's the holy spirit that enables us so how can we be proud of ourselves now that's like the introduction to where we're getting to the gifts part in this chapter okay and then Paul does like a secondary part of the chapter because he reminds us that these gifts primarily are not for us as individuals. They are given to the church as a body. OK, and that is really important. Now, they're given to the church as a body, but they're not meant just for us. They're also for the world around us. They're also for the neighborhood. They're also for the community. OK, so first of all, 
Paul outlines, is basically saying, this is how we are to be community. So if you've ever wondered, how do we be church? How, how, how can I be more living as God wants me to be as church? It's here in Romans 12 and in other places. And Paul returns to a theme that for him really closely uh, is a great uh, metaphor for how we are as the Christian community. And Paul's got to teach this. He's writing to the Romans here. I mean, a lot of the Roman Christians are not going to be Jewish, so they don't know community in the same way it's been inbuilt into the Jewish Christians already through their common faith as Jews. So this is highly needed, but it's also needed for us because we're not necessarily good at living biblical community. And Paul starts off by saying, every one of us has a body with several different parts. OK, each with its distinctive function. Paul is reminding us again, we are a diverse group. We're not supposed to be the same. We're not supposed to all like the same stuff. We're not all supposed to do things in exactly that way. The world likes us to conform. You say, well, there's some pretty, you know, odd bits, uh, strange ways of doing things out there. But even the sort of rebellious movements are all about conforming to that rebellious movement. You know, they're all about looking this way or believe, doing things this way. And the church should be about us looking different and exploring the gifts that we have and the talents we have and the ideas that we have. And it means that we're going to have too many ideas and too many ways of doing things. And sometimes when we're doing the, the gatherings, we've got to find a way through that to, to be together and to, you know, do, but but we mustn't clamp down on that diversity like the leaf that I was talking about earlier. We actually benefit from that difference. Nature shows us that as well. We know if you've heard of symbiotic relationships in nature where one creature is completely dependent on, let's say, another creature for its life. It has to be there in order to live. They are symbiotic. Well, the church is supposed to be anyway symbiotic that we can't actually be church without one another. Brian Ward says, our men, it would be a bit bland if an orchestra were made up of one instrument. Absolutely. That is good. Um, we'd, we, it would be, wouldn't it? Imagine if it was all guitars. I mean, I like an electric guitar, but a whole electric guitar orchestra. You know, you bring in the other instruments. Orchestras are a brilliant example of how such incredible diversity in the way those instruments are. From some played on strings to others blown to others hit. And you create literally a symphony a harmony together anyway in the same way all those of you belong to christ form one body in that same way so we all belong to him and listen to the next bit because this is often forgotten so we all belong to him and also to one another oh that bit is often missed out particularly by those lone prophets so-called lone apostles, lone teachers. We belong to one another. And it's not just talking about a, a this passage is not just referring about a distant connection through mail or an email connection or even a Zoom connection. This is about knowing one another, understanding one another, walking with one another. <coughs> so as with parts of the human body, we do not all have the same functions. No, we don't. And we don't in the church. The gifts, remember, 
are available to all, but we also function in these different gifts in different ways, particularly when we are gathered together. And even though they are different, we, even when we have the same gift, we can operate it in a different way. Take the gift of leadership. You might uh, lead in your household. You might lead in your house church. You might be an international leader. Leadership, that gift operates in different ways. But also we see here that church membership is not a choice. It's not an option. Membership is organic. You are automatically part of the body of Christ. And if you are a finger, it's no good saying, well, I don't really like chests. I don't really like noses. So I'm going to form a church of the fingers. I've got to be careful here. Uh, I'm going to form a church of the fingers and we'll only take, we'll take all the different kinds of fingers, but that's it. We don't want, well, maybe we could let hands because we feel kind of connected to hands. Who's, who's for, who's for hands? Trouble is if you've only got fingers, you can't have a hands up to see who's in agreement. Anyway, you don't want a church of the fingers. You want a church of the body of Christ. And a finger can't say, well, I'm going to go off because I'm really good at, what am I going to, oh, I am good at speaking in tongues. I'm going to go and have a speaking in tongues session and I don't want all those others around me. You know, I know I'm being slightly ridiculous here, but the whole principle is of this diversity of using the gifts and, and, and flowing in those gifts. So Paul's saying, no, we have different gifts according to the way God has appointed so that his grace is able to operate in our lives. So the gifts of the Spirit, the gifts from God, um, enable us to operate in his grace. So the word gift in the Greek is charismata. Okay, that's where, if you've ever wondered why you've heard of churches that are called charismatic churches, it's because there was a move of the Holy Spirit which released um, people into realizing that the Holy Spirit was even there and that the gifts of the Holy Spirit were real, and the church began to operate in, in them. And it, it was kind of how, how people love labels, don't they? And so those churches began to be labeled as charismatic churches because they were flowing in the Holy Spirit. Well, every, every church should be charismatic because the gifts are for all the body of Christ. And charismatic, the charis part of that word, is grace or favor. So we operate in the gifts because of the favor of God upon us. You don't operate in the gifts because you've been a good boy or a good girl. It is a grace gift of God. Okay, so we're getting all these things in place. And remember the list that we've got here in Romans 12 of gifts. This is different to the one in 1 Corinthians 12 because these lists are not exhaustive. There's many gifts that God is releasing upon his church. But as we just look through these now in this next little bit of time we have, Let's draw principles in the way we can use all the gifts of God, because the gifts of God are to build up the body of Christ. If you think of the gifts of apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, those are easy to see. They're for the building up of the body. And in fact, that's exactly what it says in Ephesians. But all gifts are to build up the body of Christ, even speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues is often used individually in worship time just to build yourself up. But even as you build yourself up in God, it's to equip you better to be part of the body of Christ. And then, of course, we can all pray together. So let's read more of what Paul says. Some are particularly gifted to speak prophetically. Well, we've talked about the gift of prophecy. Bringing a word from God to others. There's the principle. 
from God to others. The way they're able to do this effectively depends on to what extent they live by faith in God. You see, you can be gifted prophetically. Now, that gift will never go away. But if you're generally not living by faith in God, it's going to hamper, it's going to restrict, it's going to stop the flow of that gift. And also, operating in gifts here by faith implies that we're not operating in gifts by emotions or intellect, but we are governed by faith in the Holy Spirit. It, it, we can get carried away. Prophecy, you know, you can emotionally react to a situation. And if you're not careful, you can bring something that you feel is, oh, this must be the word of God. But actually, you're engaging on pure emotion. And we need to make sure this is coming by faith. That's not to stop people doing it. You know, we're going to we're going to make mistakes. That's fine. But it's just to think, is this an emotional reaction? Is this an intellectual reaction? It's by faith and living by faith. Another one. This one we haven't covered. It's a gift of God. There's no ranking here either. There's not this gift is better than that gift. They're gifts of the Holy Spirit. They're all amazing. They're all given to enable the church to receive power and to operate in power. What's this gift then? Others have servant hearts and are therefore content to serve God by serving others. This is a gift of God. Yeah. Sometimes in some translations, you also see this translated as administration. Administration, doing admin and doing it well is a gift the church needs it is essential a lot of people will say oh i don't like doing it. i don't i'm not gifted in admin but really they mean i don't like doing admin but you know i don't like doing admin but sometimes we just have to but it's wider than just administration it's also serving serving others is a gift from god well of course everybody we're all called to serve one another what a rotten church it would be if we didn't do that but there are others for whom they're particularly gifted, just as some who are particularly gifted in words of knowledge. And yet anyone can operate in the gifts of words of knowledge. Everybody can operate in gifts of service, but some people are particularly anointed in that. And it means basically that their service will be particularly fruitful and they will be particularly blessed. But how easy is it to overlook somebody who's doing a bit of cleaning and think, that the person that brings the prophetic word is somehow more spiritual. What utter nonsense. Cleaning is just as spiritual as bringing a word from God as a prophet. And sometimes the church forgets that. Praise God. And we need every part of the body. As Paul writes in another place in Corinthians, some parts are not quite so presentable, you know, as others. We don't have them on show all the time. As it is with the church, some of the jobs, they don't look so wary, cool. But we need to know that they're from God and they are essential to everything that we do. OK, so this is important when we're operating on gifts that nobody feels superior or looks down on any other because they've got this gift or they've got that gift. And this is important because we're going to see these gifts much more evident in the life of the church and be recognizing them. I mean, how often have you recognized the gift of service? And perhaps you're sitting there right now and you realize that the gift that God has given you, your prime gift is service and be released to serve. However, that works out. Still others, writes Paul, are gifted to teach God's word. The teachers, 
and they should use this gift for the benefit of others. That might seem fairly obvious, but sometimes somebody with the gift of teacher can get caught up in learning for themselves. They want to read another book. They want to do more study. They want to do another course. Primarily, if your gift is teaching, teaching others. And of course, this gift varies enormously. You might be gifted to teach your family. You might be gifted to teach in your house church. You might be powerfully anointed to gift to teach in the way of the spirit course. You might be gifted to teach in a stadium. In all these things, though, it is for the benefit of others. The gift of teaching is another one to celebrate. Everybody, to some extent, can teach from the word. We will teach one another. The word of God promises us that. But we will see some people are gifted in the area of teaching. Okay, praise God. You get in this this week. I hope you're getting excited in seeing what God is doing amongst us. Some are, this is another gift, some are really great at encouraging their fellow believers. And this should, I mean, Paul emphasizes it here. And this should be recognized as a gift from God for the good of the whole body. Encouragement is not something that just the weak need. It's not just for the, the floppies. This is the encouragement is needed for everyone. This word can be translated encouragement, exhortation or comfort. It's Barnabas that, that was the apostle that really brought Paul from. We see him when he first encounters him, he's being he's being called Saul and then he's, he's called Paul. It's the it's the it's the apostle that's writing this book. I wonder if he wrote this, whether he was remembering Barnabas, because Barnabas means his name means son of encouragement. And we see him really encouraging and exhorting Paul when others thought he's too dangerous. He's been a church persecutor. He's exhorting him to come and, you know, grow in the work. He's the person that really releases others to do what they're called to do. He also does the same with John Mark after Paul and Barnabas had a big argument and, and Paul didn't want Mark, who wrote Mark's gospel, to go with him on ministry because he deserted him earlier, you know? And so uh, he Mark goes with Barnabas and Paul takes Silas with him uh, and Timothy and we see actually see more people released into ministry. But Barnabas is the one that champions Mark. And later on, you, we can we read in Paul's letters how reconciled Mark and Paul are, but probably linked into that ministry of Barnabas the encourager. It's such an important ministry. It's such a key ministry. If this is your gift, don't be scared to use it. It doesn't mean you're like a top uh recognized leader or, or anything like that it just means that you have this gift maybe you'll get words of knowledge to reinforce the gift or words of wisdom that go with it or healings that go with it but these gifts of course always interlink and act but this is as spiritual as a word of knowledge yeah as spiritual as a word of wisdom as spiritual as a healing as spiritual as a miracle these are all gifts from god praise god so Brian says, so let us encourage one another to do good works. Amen. Hallelujah. Absolutely. That's what it's about, really. This encouragement is encouragement into worthwhile activity. But sometimes, you know, you, when someone is discouraged, they just need encouraging. Now, the encouraging is not the sort of, oh, you're a really good person. You're really lovely. This should be encouragement in the word. You're a really lovely person because God loves you. 
You know, it's not about just building up the person's flesh, but about encouraging them in the spirit. Do you see the difference? If we only ever encourage in the flesh, we actually encourage people not to be spiritual. Shona's saying, encourage the encourages. That too. That too. Yes. Hallelujah. Others are called to give financially to help others and they should give generously. Did you know that that is a spiritual gift? It's one of the charismata. Now, we're all called to give. We're all called to give faithfully. Above and beyond any legal requirements of the Old Testament, we're to give. <coughs> Beg your pardon. And so, but others have got a particular grace, a particular charismata to give. Uh, they may be somebody who God has blessed with uh, great jobs or a, a great business and they're particularly wealthy and God has gifted them, therefore, to give in that way. But they're not necessarily somebody who is um, uh, enormously wealthy. It's just somebody they maybe just give in small ways that bring great encouragement. But notice it says use this gift generously. And that's a principle for all the gifts. We should be generous with the gifts that God has given us, not mean. It's so easy to have a forced humility to hold back. It's, perhaps it's an English thing or a British thing. I don't know. But we don't like to recognize within ourselves. Actually, do you know what? I've recognized I'm, I'm, I, I've been... When I've encouraged people, it's really worked very well. Then keep doing it. Ultimately, these gifts have got to come from our own recognition. It's not just somebody else recognizing it in you, though we need to do that amongst ourselves as well. But we need to be brave enough to recognize it in ourselves. All gifts have to be used generously particularly financial giving. You don't want mixed motives. Ananias and Sapphira had mixed motives in their giving. That's in Acts chapter 5. If you want to read that, don't, don't have mixed motives. Don't be giving to try and control. That is a danger of somebody giving a large gift. You, can, you, you, may, you may want to give it with a measure of control. You don't want to do that. You really don't. Okay, you don't want recognition from giving. It's, uh, I mean, it's great if people thank you for what you've done, but be careful. The church, we're still talking about gifts. Here's the next one. The church needs leaders who realize the importance of their calling and so devote themselves to the welfare of those they lead. Leadership is another gift of the Holy Spirit. When I'm doing stuff like this, apart from all the other things that are going on and all the rest of the week, I need to be operating in one of the gifts that God has given me, which is leadership. Leadership is the ability to lead others into the things of God. And I need to be devoted to the welfare of those they lead. That means it's important that I am into the word, that I am praying above and beyond normal, because it's even more important. I don't want to lead people in my ways. I, the only way I am to lead is in the way of Jesus. It's it, it's in the way of, and the things of God from the word. But leaders come in all types and flavors. Some like myself are leading all of kingdom faith Yorkshire. Others, you might be leading your household or your house church or a ministry. There's many ways in which this gift can operate. Recognize it, celebrate it in the sense of thanking God for it and 
just let it flow. Okay, we're nearly at the end of this list in here. Others are people with great compassion and mercy. The gift of giving mercy, the gifts of compassion, and need to be joyful about the way they show God's love to others. It's interesting that bit about, and they need to be joyful. It's funny, isn't it? It can become, if you're ministering to the sick and needy, which is part of this gift, uh, you can almost get, uh, uh, take on that resigned air of, this is what I need to do, I have to do this. You know, it's great to operate in the gifts of mercy and compassion, usually by serving somebody or doing something for somebody else. Okay? Uh, and... In doing it, you can sort of, oh, yeah, well, I have to do it. Maybe not that badly. That is not the way to be using this gift. We need to make sure we are joyful. Or I suppose I'd better do it because nobody else will. You are stealing from the anointing on your gift when you, when you talk like that. You are stealing from the fruit that can come from your most wonderful, most precious gift of showing mercy and compassion if you take on that resigned air, rather than, as it says here, be joyful about the way you show God's love to others. You can be happy that that is what you're doing. It, the world teaches us to say things like, well, I suppose I better do it because nobody else will. That is worldly thinking. Let's not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but let's have our minds renewed by Christ. That ministering. Okay. It's the same with leaders. True leaders are often reluctant. But we also need to accept that that's what God has called to us. Not that, well, I suppose I better do it. Uh, or, you know, oh, well, somebody's got to make the choices. Somebody's got to make the decisions. No, there needs to be a joy in the operation of leadership. There needs to be a joy in the operation of words of knowledge. You know, let's, let's not fall into that worldly pattern of where it's sort of, I don't know, is it seen as a kind of humility to this the thing that we're supposed to be doing you know let's not do that let let let's step up from that so that the power of god can flow more completely okay we're nearly at the end of what i'm saying today because i've spoken for a while i could go on a lot more the rest of this chapter is brilliant but i just want to root it in one bit and then probably pick up on this another time because there's some really great stuff just coming up but having talked about this these gifts being released in people, Paul does the same thing that he does in Corinthians, actually. He goes from gifts to love. In 1 Corinthians 12, that flows into 1 Corinthians 13, which has the famous passage, you've probably heard it at weddings, love is patient, love is kind. That that beautiful, beautiful passage. Paul places that that passage right in after the teaching he's just given on gifts in chapter 12 and actually outlines more in chapter 14. It's there. Here in Romans chapter 12, Paul has outlined the gifts, how they're for others, and brings in that it's all in the context of love. It's got to be in the context of love. Without love, words of knowledge become judgment. Without love, words of wisdom can become even gossip. For we must be sincere about the way in which we love others. So Paul is saying that to be sincere in loving others, we've got to be operating in the love and power of the Holy Spirit from the heart, not simply as a duty. We should hate anything that God regards as evil 
not people, but the things, but love what he considers good. We are, as members of the same body, okay, we're back to being the body again. Whether we like it or not, we are. As members of the same body, we are to be devoted to one another. Brotherly love is the actual Greek word, devoted to one another. One translation actually puts this as compete in honouring one another. <laughs> wow, what a mentality. Loving one another, being devoted to one another. Loving each other as members of the same family, not a dysfunctional family. Many of us will have experience of families that don't work so well or aren't working well. But this is love as members of the same family that is a family in Christ. So how do we love one another? How do we devote ourselves to one another as in the same family? This involves honouring others above ourselves. Take that away and meditate. What does it actually mean to honour others? Now, it says that leaders, in another place, leaders are worthy of double honour. But it's often forgotten that we must honour one another. And leaders, I've seen too many leaders who've forgotten that they'll, they'll talk about you have to honour me, which people do. You do should honour me and I'm worthy of double honour as a church leader. But leaders we must also honor the people we are called to serve in leadership because leadership is a gift gifts are to equip us to serve so leadership is service serving from a point of leadership it doesn't necessarily mean that the leaders should be the ones that do all the hoovering though it's quite common for that to happen but it doesn't mean leaders should be the ones you know literally serving all the time because you want them to serve from within their gift okay you want them to use their gift of leadership and other gifts to enable that to flow of course there's all times when we just physically got to get on our needs and serve one another of course so to love one another we must be devoted and honor one another above ourselves and always being eager <sighs> eager to serve the Lord by doing whatever he asks us and doing it with all our hearts. Other translation says, never be lacking in zeal, but keep our spiritual fervor. This fervor means boiling over. It's a liveliness. It's like the effervescence of, of a shaked up bottle of lemonade. It is exhilaration in God. It's like, don't let go of the joy that God has. And in fact, where I'm going to finish is the start of the next verse because Paul says we are also to radiate joy, the joy of God. And you can only have the joy of God by knowing his word and allowing your mind to be transformed. Because do you know what? Most of the time in this world, the world will cause us to shut down through the things that have happened. But that we need to walk again in the freedom that God has given us, not get caught up in the way the world's thinking about stuff, but be excited about the way what God is doing. What is exciting about this time? This is this time of church reset so that we can, it's like a horse race. You know, when that gate is relieved, released and the horse and its rider bounds out down that uh, race course, you know, there's gonna, there's, the gates are, I, I think as we get back into the building, it's not such an instant thing because the building won't like be bang, we're all back to what it was last March. But it, it will be slower than that. But 
the gates are being released so we can charge down that race course as the church, empowered, fresh by the Holy Spirit, not only looking to seeing things happening at the summit, that the summit is a place of happening, but also happening in our households, also happening in our house churches, very much happening in our community. And because we are flowing in the power of the Holy Spirit, we see this being released through these different gifts. I don't know whether one of those things spoke to you this morning. As I finish, let me just mention these things again. In fact, I tell you what, we'll mention them in prayer. And so that if one of these gifts particularly speaks to you this morning, you can begin to thank God for it. Remember, the scripture tells us to eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. Serving is not one that people often eagerly desire, but we need to eagerly desire. Because actually, if if that is you, you are going to be mightily blessed and released and anointed and energized and excited by walking in your gift. Hallelujah. Okay, let's get back to this here uh, in this little passage. Whew. Hallelujah. Right. Yeah, let, let's, let's just spend a few minutes, and I mean just a few minutes, in a time of prayer. Okay, and I'm just going to read these gifts out so that if there's any, it's highlighted by the Holy Spirit to you. And talk to others as well so that you can discern together. Yeah, this is something God has called me to. Okay, so let's pray. Let's uh, put some music on as well. So here's these different gifts. And as I speak each one, I'm just going to use this list. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you so that you can begin to grow in the things that are for you. And maybe God will show you gifts right now as well that aren't even in this list here from Romans 12. The gifts we've talked about today, spoken about today, we started with the gift of prophecy. Father, I pray everybody watching for whom this gift is either there already or perhaps in embryo form. <coughs> I thank you for it being released. Hallelujah. That they be enabled to bring a word from God to others because there are people living by faith thank you Jesus the gift of serving father I thank you for that recognition that serving is a powerful gift of God as powerful as the gift of prophecy and those for whom are particularly gifted to serve and sometimes you receive a gift of service for a specific purpose like you do the other gifts you know maybe something is happening in your community in your neighborhood or in the church and you receive a gift to serve for that period others it's a gift that you are walking in all time maybe it's a gift to prepare food <coughs> maybe it's a yeah you know, we won't go into it too much but those of you who are released in this gift may it bubble may it grow teaching father thank you for those that are called to teach may they be trained may they be equipped that they can train and equip others may that gift be called out of you in jesus name the gift of encouragement maybe you've never realized that that bubble that comes within you that desire to speak positive things to people that desire to speak an encouraging god in other lives was actually a gift of the holy spirit 
and sometimes you will receive it especially for one specific occasion and others it's going to keep bubbling up again and again like Barnabas the son of encouragement so encouraging was he so powerfully did Barnabas operate in this gift that he was even nicknamed son of encouragement mother we pray that we'll see that release of others nicknamed Barnabas as it were in this congregation here in Kingdom Faith Yorkshire we call out the gift of encouragement and then there's the gift of giving father we thank you for those who are called to give specifically at different times and to give generously probably beyond what others would normally give father we thank you that he within this congregation there are people who have gifts of giving and father we call out that gift of giving now in jesus name and father for those who actually need to be prospered to enable them to give greater Father, we release that prosperity into their lives. Father, thank you that they've been trained and equipped and have remained faithful in smaller things so that they can be released in the bigger things. Hallelujah. You know, some people think that when I'm, when I'm wealthier, I'll be more generous in my giving. And actually, you can only be generous in your giving if you start where you're at. You know, even if you don't have very much, you give generously according to to how you have it there and then. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, let's have a little bit look. Uh, where are we? We're on encouragement. We're on giving. Leadership. Father, thank you for the gift of leadership. We call out that gift of leadership. Did we call out the gift of giving? We call out the gift of giving here in this church that those who are gifted in leadership will, uh, or gift, have specific gifts at different times, maybe for one project. Father, we call out those gifts in Jesus' name. And for those who have got the gift of showing compassion and mercy, we call that out as well in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we pray that people will flow in a completely new way, in a completely different way in the gifts of mercy and compassion. And may it rise up. May it bubble up. And Father, for all the gifts that we've not mentioned, we've only mentioned these Romans 12. Father, we pray that there is like an epiphany within our church, an opening, a newing, a, 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 a something that's different as we learn to flow in the power of the Holy Spirit. And these gifts just begin to break out in our congregation because we are a, a diverse body. And these gifts are going to be used in so many different and exciting ways. And Father, I thank you that you've taught us that these gifts uh, yes, they're for the gatherings, but they're also for the kind of situation we're in now. And Father, I pray that to the extent that we don't gather right now, so we have to do things in different ways, that will never go away, even when we gather again, but that these gifts will be manifest in our smaller groups and in our neighborhoods, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, praise God. Um, that's a good morning. Uh, Donna's saying, I have to catch up and listen again. Well, I pray you do that by the grace of God. Yeah, just catch that flow of what the Holy Spirit is saying. Brian Ward is saying, is charis also mean joy, genuine question? Um, as far as I know, it means grace and it means favor. Um I cannot remember if joy is involved as well, Brian. We'll have to look it up. Uh, Shona says, bubbling over and flowing in the joy of the Lord as we serve one another. Amen. 
Hallelujah. Brian says, our man, one body, diversely gifted in the power of the Holy Spirit and in the love of God. Yeah, remember, diversity is from God. The world tries to get us in our little small groups. You know, it's, there's always a bit of sadness when a church is being formed of just one small group. You know, people want to hang out. Oh, I, you know, I want to hang out with my age group. I'm over 60. I need to hang out with the over 60s. No, we the over 60s, we need to be hanging out with those in their 20s. And if you're in your 20s, you need to be hanging out with people of all age groups. That's actually God's way. And to feel like, oh, we've all got to be, I'm 40. I need to be with all the 40-year-olds. That is the world's way. God's way is diversity. All incomes, all races, all ways of thinking are coming together in this glorious, wonderful melting pot that God calls the church. Hallelujah. Um, that's just about all I've got this week. Let me just uh, mention a few things as we finish. Uh, next week, uh, Kate and I are taking a bit of a break from uh, Internet and stuff this week. So uh, next week you have got uh, an international guest speaker speaking Sunday morning. Uh, it will be good. Believe me. Uh, that also means there's no Q&A this week. In fact, that's the meeting we have live stream four o'clock on Tuesdays. That is not happening for the rest of August. We will be picking it up again in September. Uh, as we relook at that, it's usually very popular. So we need to do that. Did you see this week's uh, no, last Tuesdays anyway? That's well worth watching because you see uh, the Holy Spirit operate or lead us in the gift of faith actually live on air and i don't want to spoil it go go and find it on youtube and find it but you see i mean it was remarkable what actually happened yeah maybe a just quick 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 story right at the end because what happened was Gemma was talking about op the gift of faith operating in buying a house okay uh, and you see all this she's talking about that and i'm being reminded by the holy spirit a gift of faith is arriving to pray for bride and class our friends Brian and Kath Blacklock for their house, which they've had incredible journeys of trying to see that house sold. As I'm doing that, Brian, who's not watching the broadcast, actually messages me. I think it was a WhatsApp message and says, can you pray for us uh, for the gift of faith? Let me find it here on my phone. Pray for the gift of faith because, uh, to do with their house. OK, because they want to see it sold uh pray so uh pray for the gift of faith and so i've texted him back while we're live on air praying for you now live on youtube sold and it really was one of those things and brian replied amen uh, uh, and then i say talking about house sales provision just as you messaged me and then brian says we joined you online and then online we prayed as the team together there online for that house to be sold the next day, Brian told me their house was sold, subject to contract. Okay, and they're actually coming up next week to find the house that God has for them. So be praying for that bit as well, because that's the full outworking of that world. That uh, word that this week, I think they're even traveling today, actually. So I don't think they're watching right now. That this week, they f no, they're coming tomorrow. He's preaching somewhere else today. I knew he wasn't watching this morning. He's catching up. But when you catch up, Brian. This 
this visit to Scarborough, we pray in Jesus' name, you actually find the house that God has actually saved for you, and it's going to be just the property you want. But if you want to see that happening, you can look back at last Tuesday's broadcast. It's even time-coded underneath. If you're using a tablet or a computer, you can click straight on that. It's just a bit of fun to see that gift in operation on a live stream. Hallelujah. I needed to tell you that before I went. Um, it also means because it's August and we're just giving people a little bit of space, there is no Ignite or J247 videos in August uh, either. They will also be relooked at in September. Okay, so praise God, everybody. If you've got a bit of a break coming up or you're going to just have a break anyway or whatever, really enjoy that. And I just speak the peace of God over you. God bless and uh, see you all soon. Have a great week. Keep safe. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources by Kingdom Faith and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit kingdomfaith.com forward slash Yorkshire.